0: Welcome to the Kingdom at Hand from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in Saint James, Minnesota. This sermon was preached on january thirty first, two thousand twenty one. Pray that God would bless you through it. Our sermon today. There we go. Is entitled Understanding. We're gonna be looking at Luke two, verses forty one through fifty two. If you'd please rise out of honor of God's word. Luke 2, verses 41 through 52. And I read in Jesus' name. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you been treating us so? Why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. When he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them, and his mother treasured up all these things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Let us pray. Father, as we come to study your word, I ask that you would bless us. Lord, that you would grant us grace and mercy to to understand, Lord, for that's a gift from you. Grant us this gift now, Lord, that we might apply your truths into our lives. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I was kind of amazed as I was reading through this passage how how often in Scripture we're told that the people that were going through the time didn't understand what was happening like Mary and Joseph didn't understand what was going on you know the the disciples of Jesus they'd walked with Jesus for years and they didn't understand what was going on you know and it says and the disciples did not understand these things until after the resurrection you know and so we're going to look at understanding how do we how do we grow in understanding so as we start out I'm actually going to start out talking about um, some spiritual disciplines. And a while ago, was it two years ago, three years ago? It was a while ago. Um, Nathaniel put together a booklet on spiritual disciplines, and we had it in the bulletin. Uh, it was during Lent, and then it extended on through after Lent for a little bit. Um, and we had talked about how how we need spiritual disciplines. As Christians, we need spiritual disciplines. We need to create these habits in our lives. Habits of reading the word of God. Habits of memorizing. Habits of prayer. You know, habits of, of fasting. Habits of community. This is actually one of the habits uh, that I'm seeing broken all throughout our culture right now. is this habit of interacting with other Christians. You know, people are separating themselves and the, the sheep are being scattered. It's crazy to watch, but with Mary and Joseph here, what they did. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover, and when he was twelve years old, they went up, according to custom. This was their custom. Mary and Joseph were people of a habit. Every year they went to Passover. They they followed God. They listened to God. They they took the pilgrimage every year. They went to be in the community. Every year, they went with their relatives. They went with their congregation. They went with all of the people that were living around them. They went with this group. But this was their, this was their habit. And so, we were talking about it in our adult Bible study, well, the, um, Nathaniel's Bible study today, how we need to be reminded, we need to be reminded of the love of God. You and I need to be reminded of the love of God because Satan is actively working in our world right now and working on us trying to make us doubt the fact that God actually loves us and cares about us. Uh, He wants, Satan wants us to think that we're in this alone. Satan wants us to think that, you know, the government's actually in control. He wants us to think those things. You know, believe it or not, the government's not in control. Believe it or not, the media is not in control. Believe it or not, we're not in control. But God is. And so we need to be reminded of these things. How do we get reminded of these things? Is it by watching the news? Are you reminded of the love of God by watching NBC? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not even Fox. Like, none, of these, none of these news sources. None of these ones. I, even the Christian ones. I had a friend recommend to me a Christian news source online, and I was reading through it. I was like, these guys fall into the same problem that everyone else does. They actually think the politicians are in control. How sad. Why do we need spiritual disciplines? Why do we need godly habits? Because as we're reading the Word of God we're being reminded, you know what? God's in control. God actually cares. God is at work. as we're spending time in prayer and we see those answers to prayer, as we we're talking about in our men's Bible study on Saturday, seeing God answer prayer. What does that teach us? You know God is actively at work in this world and he actively answers. He does answer and he sometimes he says no. And when God says no we should take a step back and say, Praise God, he did not give me what I thought would be good for me. He gave me something better. Praise God that he knows best and that he answers according to knowing best. We need these habits in our lives. Why? Because it makes us better Christians. No, because we need to be reminded of the love of God. That we can trust God, that we can rely on God, that we can hope in God. But we, it's really hard to do that alone. It's really hard to do that alone. I remember the story of a, a pastor speaking to one of his parishioners. It comes out of a Swedish book by a guy named Bo Gerritz. Probably didn't start with Bo Garrett, but uh, um, he was speaking to one of his parishioners, and his parishioner was saying, Well, Pastor, I don't need to go to church in order to be a parishioner. I don't need to go to church in order to be a Christian. I don't need to go to church. And the pastor was sitting there and he took a coal out of the fire. They put it alongside the, next to the fire. And as they kept talking, that coal got dimmer and dimmer. Until finally it went out. The pastor brought the parishioner's attention to that coal. and said, that's the way we are. Do I need to go to church in order to be a Christian? Well, no. You know, I need to go to church. Otherwise, odds are I'm going to get sucked into the stuff of this world. I need a community. And that's what Mary and Joseph had. Who did they go with? Did they just go down there by themselves? No. They went down there with their relatives. They went down there with people from their community. Um, But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey and they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. This was their community. This was their congregation. You know, these are probably people from their synagogue. And this is what we're called to be building right here. To be building a community of Christians because we live in a world that's not necessarily friendly to Jesus right now. Or maybe ever. We've always needed these communities. And we need this. We need to have times of fellowship, not just socializing. Fellowship. We need to spend time with Christians because it's by spending time with Christians that we can be encouraged in these things, that I can be corrected in these things because believe it or not, I go astray sometimes. I can get wandering off into you know, politics or into what's going on in you know well, whatever area that it exists. Everything's kind of been subsumed by politics right now, which is disgusting. But uh, yeah, I can get worried about that stuff. You know what I need at those times? I need someone to say, Joe, you've been reading too much news. (laughs) Joe, stop going on social media. Actually, I stopped because I got tired of that too. I need someone to correct me. Joe, you're looking at that wrong. Where do we find that? I don't get that when I'm alone. Solomon actually says, the man who isolates himself seeks his own desires and rages against all sound judgment. Think about that. The man who isolates himself seeks his own desires and rages against all sound judgment. Proverbs. I don't remember the exact one, sorry. I'm not good with numbers and dates. I know, it's shameful. Um, But this wasn't just for them, though. So the habits weren't just for Mary and Joseph. The community wasn't just for Mary and Joseph. The community was also then for the next generation. Because what did they bring Jesus into? They brought Jesus into this community. They brought Jesus into these habits. When they got to be 12 years old, they were allowed to come and enter in to this situation that they had created, that God had set in order. And so this is for me. You know, this is also for Anton and for Rachel and for Soren. This is also for Levi and for Levi. <laughs> you know, this is for our children. Why do we do this? It's because our children need to grow. This is for Emily and Emily. Wow, we've got a lot of these duplicate names. <laughs> Crazy stuff. But we only have one else, Ada. Um, Why do we do this? Why do we build these things? It's for ourselves, but then it's also for our children. It's for the continuation of these things because this community, it might not last forever. But, you know, Christian communities will last as long as this world exists. And so we continue. Proverbs 18.1. Thanks, Jim. I didn't even see you looking that up. Man, that's impressive, unless you just knew it. Yeah, uh, kind of like Kenny in the 40, 40 days. But this is, Christian communities will always exist, and as long as Christians exist, Christians are going to need Christian communities. And so why do we seek to build a biblical Christian community? Yep, yep. Then he was... Uh, functionally, a responsible member. You know, he was responsible for, at age 12, the Jewish boys would be responsible for themselves. Yep, yep, after age 12 would be the what they currently call, call bar mitzvah. I don't know if it was called that back then. Um, yeah, but, so once they became 12, remember that, boys, once you become 12, you should be responsible for yourselves. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, good stuff. Um, so, yep. But they created these customs and as they created these customs, they still had, you know, these, these, create, these create a structure for them to understand what's going on in their world. But even within that, you, st- you still don't understand it when you're right in it. You know, it's hard to understand things when you're right in them. So can you put yourself into Mary and Joseph's shoes? They're going down to Jerusalem. You know, they're, they're doing what they always do. And this time, now that Jesus is 12 years old and he's responsible for himself, he stays behind and they don't know it. All they know is that their 12-year-old boy is gone. Have you guys ever experienced that? Realize that you don't know where your child is? <laughs> you know, I know my parents went through that a couple times with me. Sometimes I don't know where I'm at, but you know this is what they're experiencing. They don't they don't know what's happening, but supposing him to be in the group, so they just suppose like no problem. He's just going to be here. He's responsible for himself. He's 12 years old. They began to search. They didn't find him. They returned to Jerusalem. They searched for three days. Finally, found him in the temple. So what was Jesus doing? Jesus was being responsible. He was in the temple. He was seeking out the word of God. He was doing what all good Jews were called to be doing. He was hanging out afterwards talking. A good Lutheran. <laughs> this was three days. You guys haven't done that yet. <laughs> that, no, that is not a challenge. That is not a challenge. Three hours, I'm starting to get tired. Um, three days, hoofta. Son, why are you treating us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? They did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And so even though they had all these customs, even though they understood all of this stuff, they didn't understand what specifically was going on. And we create these structures so that we can better understand what's going on. But the reality is, while we're in it, we don't understand 100%. You know, right now, what's going on in America and going on in the world, do you understand even 10% of what's going on? I would be lucky if I was even at a half a percentage point when I really sit down and think about it. it. We know so little. We don't understand it. We don't understand it. We don't even understand what happened yesterday, let alone a year ago, let alone 100 years ago. We don't understand. And so then we have to look to God to reveal these things to us and this is what Jesus is doing then for his parents why did you treat us like this Jesus says I, I'm I'm not I'm doing that which I'm supposed to be doing didn't you know this this understanding I understand what's going on why don't you understand what's going on this is why we came here you're the one that missed it that's what God is saying to us right now When we're all worried and freaked out and asking God, God, why are you doing this? What are you doing? God's saying, I know what I'm doing. Why don't you? Why don't you trust me? And so they feared because they didn't understand. But you know, understanding isn't the way that we get rid of our fear, trusting is the way we get rid of our fear because as we trust God, God will reveal to us what we need to know. He is the one that gives us understanding. It comes from him. How did Mary and Joseph get understanding as to what Jesus was up to? At least the amount that they had. It was the revelation of God. And as they pondered that, as Mary pondered that, I was once told um, by a pastor friend of mine that everything you need to know about women, you can find right here. That Mary treasured up all these things in her heart. He said, that's all you need to know about women. They don't forget anything. Ooh, I know, right? Yeah, that was a man. Yeah, go figure. Um, I don't understand that. <laughs> but they feared. They feared because they didn't understand. Rather than trusting Jesus. Rather than trusting their son. Now, I got lost when I was five. We were out at uh, like Winnebagoche. We were out camping. There was a big campground. And I took one route, and my parents took the other route, and they didn't know that I'd taken the wrong route. And I got lost, and... Yeah, I was. It was probably about three hours. I guess mom was just terrified, which is understandable. Um, but she had the right to be terrified because I was not trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> the fear comes because is Jesus trustworthy? Is he doing what he should be doing? Is the right thing going on? Is Jesus trustworthy? Yeah. So why should I fear? god trustworthy yeah why should i fear i don't understand though god he says so what am i trustworthy yeah he's got a reason why was trump president why is biden president god's got a reason why is vladimir putin president why is macron president he's got a reason god's got a reason we can trust him why is this going on why is that going on god's got a reason we can trust him But I don't understand God. So what? You don't need to understand in order to trust. You need to trust. Because God is trustworthy. We don't have to have our hand on the wheel. God is trustworthy. So even in the midst of confusion, we can trust. So what does that look like? Well, Jesus actually gives us the model. And he went down with them Oh, and even if God did tell us what he was doing, why do we think we would understand it? (laughs) Because that's, you know, verse 50. And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. He just told them exactly what's going on. (laughs) They still don't get it. I would bet that if God told me exactly what's going on in America and in the world, I'd be like, "Uh, too much, too much. So then, Jesus gives us the model as he interacts with his parents. So how we are to come to understanding in this world, how we are to interact with God. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. How many of you like being submissive? Anybody? I'm putting my hand down too. Um, no, I I like to have my hand on the wheel. I like to be in control. For whatever reason, I like, I have found through many mistakes and many errors that coming into a situation thinking I have control is not going to be a good thing. But coming into it anticipating not being in control usually ends up working out a lot better. If I come in ignorant and humble, the situations work out a lot better than if I come in arrogant and proud by coming knowing what's going on instead of trying to learn what's going on. As Jesus interacted with his parents, Jesus, the Son of God, was submissive. Think about that. The Son of God was submissive. If anybody would have the right to say, come on, Mom, I know what's going on, it would have been Jesus. But he didn't. So what's he calling us to be? that we interact with the world in an attitude of submission. Submission to God. Submission to our authorities. I'm I'm not going to get into that. Don't take that to the nth degree because there are boundaries that scripture puts up to our submission to authorities. Yeah, I'll stop there. We're being tempted (laughs) um, to just derail this. We're called to be submissive. Because as we're submissive in these situations, what happens? Jesus grew. Jesus increased. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature. And again, in the Greek there, that's a present tense. And so that's an, a continual thing. Jesus didn't, be, wasn't born into this world all wise. I don't know how that works. <laughs> he grew in wisdom. So his attitude was an attitude of submission And his growth was a growth in wisdom. You know, we were actually joking about this a little bit last Sunday. About how, you know, our wives probably wish we were like some other people. (laughs) You know, we all have growth. I've got many areas in my life where I'm called to be growing in wisdom. If Jesus grew in wisdom, it shouldn't shame me to say, you know what, I've gotten that wrong. I need to grow. I need to mature. I need to change. I need to become more. I can become more. I'm not at some pinnacle. I hope I'm not at some pinnacle. You know, my hair probably is, but hopefully not my spirit. It's becoming more of a pinnacle. Um, we can grow, friends, and we're called to. And so why do we implement these habits? Why do we strive for understanding? Why do we strive for trust? It's because as we do those things, we grow in wisdom. What is wisdom fundamentally? It's trusting and believing God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because you know what? Realizing that God is powerful and that God could end us at any point and that God is the one that's in control, that should make us terrified of our sin. Should. Cause he's God. That's the beginning of wisdom. To grow then in wisdom and in favor for God and man. What does this mean? This means that he grew wisdom, his right living. Jesus was always righteous, but then as he gained maturity, he grew in the favor of God. This doesn't mean that his relationship with God became better. This means that his outreach, that his authority grew too, that God gave him more and more and more. And so when God's favor is upon you in a biblical ideal, in a biblical idea, it's that God is giving you more and more responsibility. That God is giving you more and more blessing. That God is giving you more and more in this world. Does that mean that you're going to become all powerful? No, because that wouldn't be good. But if God's favor was upon Jesus. People gave him more trust. God gave him more responsibility. You know, to, to think back how many of you have read A Horse and His Boy by C.S. Lewis? Any of you? Not, not enough of you. Good job, Carolyn. Oh, Alyssa has two. Good. And Levi. Good. We got a few. A Horse and His Boy. One of the lines in A Horse and His Boy. Just a great line from C.S. Lewis. That Shasta, who's the main char- second main character, one of the two main characters. Shasta had not yet come to realize that the accomplishment of a good deed or the reward for a good deed is often a bigger and a harder deed to accomplish. That's the fault that paraphrase. But this is the favor of God. He gives us more. What, more blessing? Yeah, and more responsibility too. Because as people, if you grow in favor, as you grow in favor with people, what do they give you? They give you trust. They give you opportunities. They give you responsibility. It's really the same way with God. And so as Jesus was submissive to his parents, within this realm of habits and customs, as he had understanding, even though they didn't, God built him up. Gave him more and more opportunities and blessings. And so to, to wrap this all up, how do we grow? How do we grow? How many of you would like to grow in your spiritual walk? Would you like to grow in your Christianity? Would you like to grow in your trust in God? You know, it's through, note that, it's through these spiritual habits. It's through praying, because as we pray, we see that God is trustworthy. It's through the Word of God, because as we read the Word of God and apply it into our lives, we see that God actually does love us, that He cares for us, that God knows best. That we can trust Him. It's through these things. And so I encourage you to pick up one of these. We've got 25 of them back there. If we need more, great. I'll print off more. We'll have more next week. But to implement spiritual habits into your lives, create these customs, be involved in a community, grow. Because God's got more for you. God's got more than you have right now. And if you don't understand what that means, that's okay. Trust God, He's got more. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that we don't, we don't do this in order to be loved by you. We do this because we are loved by you. Or we do this because you care. Lord, and so we, we live out what you've called us to live out because you care. Bless us now, Lord, as we pursue trusting you. Even though we don't understand what's going on, let us trust you. Let us implement these habits into our lives. May your name be glorified among us. May we be submissive to you. Father, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.